Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fools despise wisdom and instruction. Good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends this morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, my friends, on this Saturday morning. I tell you, I could have stayed in bed a little bit longer this morning when I got up because I always get excited <laughs> when we're going to dive into the Word of God. And even though my eyes wanted to keep sleeping and my body wanted to still rest, I knew I had already gotten an eight-hour sleep. So I was like, get up, get up, get up, Antonia. <laughs> Wake up and get ready. So my friends, I hope that you have awakened, energized, um, ready to dive into the Word of God. Even if you didn't wake up energized, push yourself. You know, say to yourself, you know, once I get into the Word of God, it's going to give me energy. It's going to spark me and it's going to give me what I need for my everyday life purpose and uh, to keep going. So my friends, today we're going to continue to dive into our series of Proverbs. Today we're diving into Proverbs 27. So as you get your Bibles and you get your pens and notes ready, um, because this is um, some great instruction still that we continue to follow the wisdom that God continues to pour down on us. And most of all, you know, we are applying this to, this to our lives. I hope that as we've been coming along on the journey of the theme of Proverbs all these weeks, that you have been applying what we've been reading to your life. Because when you do, it makes a big difference, my friends, in your life. You see things differently. You perceive things differently. You understand things differently. And you say, whoa, Lord, thank you so much for the wisdom you have given me. Because now I truly get it. Right? And that's what Proverbs has been doing for us all this time. It's been giving us instructions and God's wisdom. So we, knew, we know exactly what to do and not to do. So my friends, let's dive in. Starting at verse 1, we're just going to do a couple of verses this morning for Proverbs 27. And this is what Proverbs 27, starting in verse 1, says. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Wrath is cruel and anger a torrent, 
but who is able to stand before jealousy? Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the words of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you have taken out the time again for us to really understand your instructions and that you're downpouring wisdom unto us, Father. So our walk with you, Lord, on a daily basis is healthy. We know how to treat others. We know how to take care of everyday life circumstances. And most of all, that we would always have the faith to continue to press forward and the hope in you. Because no matter what, Father, you are in control of everything. So we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, you know, as the first verse here says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Wow, we have heard this scripture many times. And it's so true. Uh, we're not promised tomorrow. You know, every day that we wake up, we open our eyes. We're able to see another day. We're grateful to our Heavenly Father that He has given us another day of purpose. And many times, you know, we get so excited about whatever's happening in our lives. Maybe things are really um, happening for you now, things that you've always wanted, desired. And we start to get caught up about all the things we want to do tomorrow, right? Ever heard the saying that says, never put off to, uh, for tomorrow what you could do for today? <laughs> Right. You know, it's funny because my husband would always tease me. He says, why don't you just leave that for tomorrow? And I would always come out and say, no, no, no. I got to get I got to get this done today because I'm always reminded about this scripture that tomorrow is not promised. And what I try to do as much as I can on a daily basis is take care of whatever I have to take care of, make sure I've taken care of loose ends. Right. But we don't know what tomorrow brings my friends we don't know the promise we're not promised that what we are promised is that when god does wake up wake us up and we are functioning on a daily basis he does promise to be by our side when we do wake up so just remember not to boast about tomorrow not to boast about anything because it's not promised to us um, but when you do wake up because God has given you another day of purpose. Just um, enjoy it. And on another note, sometimes we might boast about what we're going to do tomorrow. We set up an agenda. We're ready to go. We're like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. That has happened to me because I go by calendar and I go by agenda. And then the day may go a little bit different. Because we don't know what it might bring, right? Maybe something may have happened. Uh, now I'm off track with my timing. Um, I was supposed to go quickly maybe to the store and come back. And all of a sudden now there's a huge line outside. So now it's an extra hour of my time, right? Those are just some small examples. So don't boast about tomorrow, my friends. Because we never know what might stumble upon our day. Especially when God gives us a day to be able to wake up and see another day. So, and then he, it says here, let another man praise you, not your own mouth. 
a stranger and not your own lips. Wow. How many times have we said sometimes when we observe other people, man, that guy is so conceited. That girl is so conceited. She only talks about her, 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 him, him, him. You know, um, this is basically saying don't put you, don't put yourself on that major pedestal. Don't go around with your mouth boasting about the things you've done and how great you are and how intelligent you are and how well-dressed you are and how you know you're the perfect person and how you know that, you know, uh, you just, you know, your presence in front of people is what delights everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to be boasting, especially with your own mouth. You don't need to be doing that. Here's the bottom line. You don't need to boast about anything if you are all those things. You know why? Because other people will see it in you. They'll see that, wow, that person is really nicely dressed and very humble. Wow, that person is so intelligent, but is still helping my son in tutoring. Wow, that person really has it all together and is taking out the time to help others. Like, you don't need to be the one going around boasting about who you are, what you do, what you're capable of, because it does come across conceited sometimes to people. They'll look at you in a way that's like, okay, hello, buddy. Like, you got a chip on your shoulder. Like, really? Let the other people be the ones who will praise you. Let it be that when people do talk about you, they're talking positive things and say, yeah, you know what? This guy, he's really cool, man. He's helped me so much, you know? He's so smart and so intelligent, you know? He's just really down to earth and a great person. Let it be other people that speak to you or about you of who you are. Or if someone might say, you know that sister? Yeah, that sister, man, she was so kind. She cooked all those cakes for the church, you know, when we had the missionaries coming. And you know, she was in the, in the church kitchen from day to night, man. And she just was really giving humbly from her heart. Let it be other people that praise you, not you going around and say, yup, today I'm going to the church. And today I'm going to do this. And today I'm going to do that. There's no need for that, my friends. Let the other people be the ones who praise you. You don't need to be praising yourself. The only person you should be praising out of your lips is your heavenly father. He is the only one you should be praising. Whenever you find yourself that you're going to stop boasting about yourself, stop it, shut up, close your mouth, and say, Father, let it be that the lips that are going to open and speak are praising you and not me. And here we go. The next one says, A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Now, you and I both know that if you're holding on to a huge stone, it is a very heavy stone. You could barely contain it. You can barely pick it up. It is weighing you down, right? Because it's very heavy. You could barely move. And sand is weighty, right? When you walk on sand, if you notice, um, it's not like flat concrete where you could just walk very quickly. When you're walking on sand, your foot is a little bit sinking in, right? And then you're, you're walking. But you're not walking as fast as you normally could walk, like if you if you were just on a regular sidewalk or something. And that's why it says, you know, that the stone is heavy and the sand is weighty. But a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Absolutely. Because listen, we've spoken about this before. 
about foolishness and fools and not following God's worry, not following his lead, going about doing things their own way, going about, you know, making decisions that are not the right ones and placing themselves in situations and circumstances that'll ultimately bring them to death, that'll ultimately bring them to a place or situation that is not good, that is very dark. And that's why it says here that those two things might be in existence of heaviness and weightiness, but that the wrath of a fool is heavier than both of them. So imagine that. Not only would it be a very heavy weight on you that you can't even move, but it's sand and weighty, so sand sinks in. And those two things combined, even beyond those two things, is what will be worth uh, worse for a fool who does not have his stuff together. That's why many times we've been speaking about that. If you find yourself, man, going on the wrong track, if you find yourself on the wrong road, turn back from it. Come back. Because the circumstances that are waiting in front of you are not going to be good. They're going to be in a very dark place. It's not going to be a good situation. And most of all, you're going to find yourself possibly being led to death. Hey, I'm just telling you what the scripture is saying. I know this is hard, man. But, you know, God wants us to be healthy, living individuals. And when he gives us his word, he gives it to us for a reason. So we could follow the instructions. Right? And we can um, do what he's called us to do. Fulfill the will of the Father. And then it says here, Wrath is cruel and anger a torrent. But who is able to stand before jealousy? Wow. Let me tell you something. Just like we spoke earlier in the prior scripture. Yeah, wrath is cruel. You know, you set yourself up, unfortunately, whether you did it innocently or on purpose. And you got yourself on a track that is not good for yourself or anyone else. It is cruel. You know, sometimes you'll hear people say, man, life is cruel. Why did this happen to me? Why did I make that decision? Why did I make that choice? Why did I do that irrational thinking? Why wasn't I thinking, right? And it's cruel. You're going through a very hard time. You are like pressed against the wall, right? In your life. And you're like struggling in many areas. And anger to rent, right? They talk about anger. Let me tell you, how many times can we say that we have seen someone get very angry and when they're angry, right, they're yelling. Maybe they're punching a wall. Maybe they're acting a certain way. And those two things are not good, right? Wrath is cruel and anger is a torrent, right? Because when someone gets angry, they get very upset. They get pissed off, right? They get, uh, they become someone that maybe we've never seen before. And, and just really take matters into their own hands irrationally and might make some wrong decisions and, and make some wrong actions. So imagine those two things, that wrath is cruel and anger to rent, right? So you think that's bad and that's horrible and wow, that's crazy. But imagine who is able to stand before jealousy, because beyond wrath being cruel and anger at torrent, 
when you are standing before someone who is jealous of you, mm, 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 my friends, watch out. Because someone who is operating with jealousy will do everything in their power if they're given the opportunity to try to destroy you. People who are jealous about anything, someone, a person, a situation, they are burning up inside. Their skin is crawling. Inside their bones, it's rattling. A person who carries around jealousy will do things unexpected, possibly towards you and others, and for themselves as well. Listen, whenever I've had a situation where I realize that someone is jealous of me, the very first thing I do is I pray for them. Because the minute I realize that someone is jealous of me and I'm in a friendship relationship with that person or even a business relationship with that person, things may not go too well. Because of the fact that that person is is so jealous that they will despise you. They will hate you. They will treat you a certain way. They will disrespect you. And you know, unfortunately, a spirit of jealousy can destroy people. Spirit of jealousy has destroyed churches. It has destroyed ministries. It has destroyed Christians in their walk with Christ. It is a very scary place to be in when you're jealous. You ever find yourself, my friends, that you're falling into signs of jealousy against someone? You need to take that to the throne of God. You need to surrender those feelings because when someone's jealous, feelings and emotions are racking up inside their brains, inside their hearts and their bodies, physicality, like there's no tomorrow. And when you are jealous of someone, it's because you really wish you were like that person. You wish you had what they had. You wish, you know, that you were smarter than them. You really don't like the fact that they're smarter than you. Like, you're jealous of what they have, of what they possess, of what, how they carry themselves, maybe even how they laugh, how they smile, the beautiful eyes they have, the beautiful hair. I mean, I could go on and on. Jealousy comes in so many ways. You could be jealous of the fact that they got the position in the job and not you. You could be jealous that all of a sudden the guy that you like that church doesn't like you and likes that person. I mean, there's so many things that I could talk about when it comes to jealousy. But what we need to say to ourselves is, if we ever find ourselves in that situation, and y'all know what I mean when y'all talk, when you know I'm talking about jealous, 
because you start to feel something tugging in you. Your heart starts pounding. You start, you know, your lips come together and you're like, hmm, <laughs> right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? The minute you start to feel that, my friends, you need to take that to the throne of God and be like, God, I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm starting to turn ugly. I'm starting to think bad things about this person or the situation. I'm really jealous about them. I don't know why. Please take this jealousy away from me so I can see this person totally different. Because my friends, you'll start to get ugly and start to do things that are not nice. Most of all, a lot of times when people are jealous also of you, they start to spread negative things around about you that are not true. So that's why it says here, you know, who is able to stand before jealousy? Oh my gosh, like, could you imagine? That's why when I've ever been in a, in a situation that someone's jealous of me, I immediately pray for them and I try to as much as possible for a while until they can get over their jealousy situation, try not to be in front of them. Because <laughs> that's what it says right here. Who is able to stand before jealousy, right? Practically nobody. However, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit operating in us. So if you are in that situation, you ever find yourself in that situation, because even at work, sometimes you have no choice. Someone's jealous of you in the job, you have no choice. You have to work with that person every day. So you have no choice but to stand in front of them. And you stand in front of them with the boldness of the Lord and the love of the Lord. And you pray for them every day. And then it says here, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. How true is that? Listen, I know that sometimes our friends, our neighbors, our family members can be doing stuff that's just not kosher. And a lot of times, you know, we want to put things underneath the rug. We want to say, well, we got to love on Johnny because, you know, he's going through a hard time. Let's give him like another couple of months to get over whatever he's going through. Yeah, we know he's acting crazy. We know he's doing stuff he's not supposed to be doing. But yeah, let's not really address it. Let's not talk about it. Let's not, you know, do anything about it. No, that's not what the scripture says. It says open rebuke is better. It's better for you to go to your brother, to your sister, to your coworker, to your neighbor, whoever it is, and say, yo, buddy, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I don't know what's going on with you, but the way you've been carrying on is not healthy. It's not Christ-like. Um, you're hurting other people. You're hurting yourself. You're committing crimes. You're doing things that are illegal. You're making irrational decisions. I can go on and on. It is better for you to go up to that person and be like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Whatever you're trying to bring my way or whatever is happening here can't continue to happen. You can't continue to sin. You can't continue to do this because we're no longer hiding this. We're no longer sugarcoating this. We're no longer putting it underneath the rug. Eli with his two sons, when his two sons, in the, in the Bible, Eli had two sons, and his two sons were going about life, everyday life, wrong, in sin, 
disrespectful, and not caring about anybody else. And Eli would just sugarcoat it, put it underneath the rug, pretend like it wasn't happening. We can't do that. You know why? Because eventually, death came to all of them. And here's the thing. We always want to be very conscious that we're not entertaining something, even if it's our family members, our loved ones. We're not entertaining something that could lead us to a, a road of destruction, especially for that person. We're supposed to be held accountable for one another. We're supposed to have the authority, and we do have the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father. We have the authority for correction. We have the authority to go to someone and say, hey, brother, hey, sisters, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Whatever you're struggling with, with, I rebuke that spirit. You know, if that spirit is um, operating in someone, we have the right with the authority of our Heavenly Father to go and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And that to bring correction to that person and be like, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but you've done this. Are you aware of that? Are you aware that you hurt somebody? Are you aware that you committed a crime? Are you aware that, you know, you're going around, you know, doing things that are not correct? Are you aware that we're supposed to be accountable to each other in Christ? If we see a brother or sister struggling in an area, we're supposed to go and rebuke them in the name of Jesus. And it says in the open, it doesn't mean like, well, let's just hide it. Let's just not say anything. No, you have to say something about it. Many times you'll hear that many people leave the church because something happened and it was, everything was just put underneath the rug. I'm always the first one to say, excuse me, can we discuss this? Excuse me, um, hear ye, hear ye. Can we, uh, can we talk about this? Because this is not good. This is not healthy. This is not good for the church. This is not good for us. This is not good for the work we have with Christ. And this definitely is not good to where we might end up. So my friends, next time, rebuke is better. Open rebuke. You don't need to be hiding anything, sugarcoating anything. We're not supposed to be doing that as Christians. We're supposed to be saying it like it is, according to God's word. Okay, and then it says here, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Mm-hmm. How many times... Have we had a friend come up to us and say, hey, sis, hey, bro, I need to talk to you. And they start to tell us something that we feel hurts us. Because what's happening is they're being so truthful to us in conversation. They love us so much that they want to talk to us about something. Right? And... Sometimes we might take an offense to that. But they're telling us for our own good. It's not that they don't want us to succeed. It's not that they don't want us to get to the next level of what God has for us. It's that if they see something, and this is also with accountability, you know, they'll come and they'll love on us and tell us something and it might hurt us, you know? Listen, it's just like me. If I want somebody to read my script or if I want them to review something I'm working on, you know, 
the person's gonna read it and say hey you know this section doesn't make any sense you know this um you might want to uh, change this around you know this this is just doesn't seem right i didn't get it you know so i don't take offense to that you know i'm like wow because i try not to let an eagle chip be on my shoulder I'll be like, okay, thank you for that advice. And then I'll go and, and I'll change it around because they just, it's to help me. They, they want me to be on the right track as opposed to an enemy or someone that I don't even know. A stranger comes and says, oh, it all, it's all good, man. It looks fantastic. No, it doesn't. Stop lying. Because that person who's like, oh, yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, oh, yeah. They have no good interest for you. They want you to go on that rocky road and fail. They don't want you to have success. So my friends, it is always better for a friend who has your best interests at heart to give you sometimes even unpleasant advice at times. But you know it's for your own good. When enemy by contracts may whisper sweet words and happily send you on your way to ruin. Hmm. And the problem is sometimes we're so human, we only want to hear what we want to hear. Why? Because it makes us feel better. A friend will at times give us good advice, no matter how painful it is. And our friend's advice is much better than a stranger that doesn't give us good advice. Because they don't have the best interests in us, in you, in me. So my friends, next time your friend comes up to you and says, hey sis, hey bro, can we talk? Listen, you know, I, I noticed that, you know, you haven't been coming to church. What's going on? You wanna talk about it? You know, you need to really come to church, have community, you know, have allow people to pray for you, lay hands on you. Don't take that as an offense, my friends. Take it that it's your friend who loves you and what's the best for you and is looking out for you. As opposed to a stranger that says, hey, you don't need to go to church. Yeah, you don't need to go there. So my friends, I hope you've taken away some great insight, instructions, and wisdom that's laid out in the scripture. Continue to read the rest of the chapter of 27 so that way you can see what it says and how you can apply it in your life. Stay encouraged, stand strong, and know that God is still in control. He loves you and he wants the best for you. So my friends, I look forward to sharing the word with you again next week, where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.